0: And we are back running lifestyle culture with me, Coach Manny. Um, You all know me, Nike running coach, physiotherapist and passionate about running, passionate about getting you better at running. So why not bring on another coach? I'm going to bring on this gentleman on this Zoom call. His name is Mr. Trevor Painter. Trevor, how are you? I'm not too bad, Manny. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Trevor. Now, people may not know you, so... I always tell people who are coming on the podcast, "Can you please intro yourself? Tell us about you, Trevor."
1: Okay, um, so I've been a coach for about twenty-two years now, um, based up in the northwest of England, uh, living in a town like Wigan. Uh, everyone starts off as a rugby player, uh, so I was a, a speedy winger, um, and I went down to the athletics club and to, to improve my speed. I uh, fell in love with athletics because no one was trying to take your head off when you was running, so it was quite <laughs> nice. And uh, yeah, I got involved in that, so I ended up running a couple of times for England over 400 metres. And, uh, and then at the age of 29, my partner, uh, now my wife, Jelly Meadows, Said I was I was too old to be running anymore, and I need to <laughs> coach her instead. So that was it. I hung up my spikes and uh, did what I was told, like a good boy does. And uh, been coaching ever since. And we've been on a fantastic journey. Uh, Jenny won world and European medals indoors and outdoors. And and then following on from her career, we've uh, we're now working with Keely Hodgkinson, who's uh, who's hopefully following. Jen's footsteps and recently had a pretty good year last summer, winning the Diamond League and the Olympic silver medal as well. So, oh, great season for her.
0: Unbelievable. And let's just go back a step. So, you played rugby league though, right? Yeah, in,
1: in Wigan it's rugby league. There's a couple yeah. of union players here, but they're just having a laugh. <laughs> it's rugby league all around in Wigan.
0: Uh as a as a man who also played rugby, but I played rugby union, rugby league is a completely different game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um as as Trevor said, people are trying to take your head off literally. <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, so that that was quite a well, I guess rug, rugby league is a slightly faster game, right? Uh slightly, yeah. There's
1: a lot more technical requirements in union, isn't there? Um and, and uh but yeah. I remember back when I was a kid, Wigan, Wigan, um, they're now called Wigan Warriors, but Wigan Rugby back then went and entered the Middlesex Sevens. Yeah. And they absolutely destroyed the competition because they were fitter, they were faster. Uh, Everything about them was just, you know, um professional mm. and uh, i think rugby union had a good look at it itself after that and and they really made a massive transformation yeah. and and you've and you, you've seen the the national team england and and the home countries teams as well they've all stepped up and they almost changed the physicality of their game uh, and the professionalism around it, and and
0: the rugby has never really looked back since then. So I think Wigan did rugby in a favour. Yeah, I mean rugby rugby league. If anyone doesn't know, it's a slightly faster game. Like, and and that must have been a good foundation for you to then go on to to your athletics career.
1: Definitely, yeah. I mean, I, the, I think it, rugby league players they they lend themselves more towards a four hundred meters event because everyone always says like. In the press, you hear things about this footballer can run 10-2 and, and this rugby player can run 10-1 and whatever. And, and it's not based on actual physical evidence, you know, it's, it's a bit made up. But, um, yeah, the, the, the rugby players, because of the stop-start nature of the game, it's, it's more the, the tapping into the creatine phosphate system a lot more. Uh, and that's a big deal in the four hundred meter event. You know the the ability to sustain that effort for a long time at high intensity. So um, yeah, I just naturally ended up in in that event and uh, and quite enjoyed it, which is surreal because four hundred meter running is very painful <laughs> if you ever, if you ever try it. The um, the lactic acid and the, the the problems that come with that is uh, it's impressive to deal with.
0: Yeah, definitely for sure and. You know, as coaches, we do understand the energy systems. But for anybody who maybe doesn't know what the creatine phosphate system, should we just give them a little, um, little, little quick kind of summary of a one-liner, top-liner, Trevor, or on the, the creatine yeah, phosphate so system? It, it depends how long you're
1: working for, really. But obviously, the, the longer that you run, it's more of an aerobic system. But within the anaerobic system, there's many elements. So if you're if you're running for a buzz and you're late for work then you'll predominantly use the ATP because it's, you know, it's fast and explosive, but it only lasts for about six, seven seconds if trained. Uh, and then you you tend to go into like the CP system, creative phosphate, and then lactate uh, kicks in and start, you start to use that until, you know, if you're running at a sustained slow pace, you'll just predominantly use the aerobic system. But um, all the, everyone says you use this and then you use that, but no, you actually use them all at the same time and yeah it's all happening at the same time and feeding in but obviously the shorter more faster powerful energy systems uh, are designed to do that they don't last very long um, like a firework that just goes off boom whereas um the the, uh, the aerobic system is more like a candle that just burns away for ages
0: there you go. So if any of you are listening out there and you know, you're, you're starting to run, you're new on your journey, um, use a combination of these systems. These systems are important for coaches to understand so that they can give you sessions that hopefully train those systems, get you faster over different distances. Um, and those those sessions will then feed into hopefully um, your event the other thing to think about is uh, a lot of people who will be listening to this maybe run longer distances. Um, as Trevor just said, even if you're running a longer distance, you're not going to use just your aerobic system, which is the system that uses um, you know oxygen and and it uses that that kind of cycle to to create energy. Um, we need to also train the other systems. Um, going on to training, I guess I think this is leading on to my next question. Um, you have a really interesting philosophy. And when I've spoken to you, um, it's made me really inspired to hear something quite um, innovative, I think, personally, um, you don't just look at the sessions. You think about the whole environmental ecosystem of, a, of, a, of an athlete. Um, can you talk us through that a bit more?
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like I, I coach the human first rather than the event. And you you got to look at the individual in front
0: of you and what they Wait, wait, are. wait. Can you just say that one more time? Because I want to make sure everybody <laughs> understands and hears that again.
1: Yeah, I, I coach the human being rather than coach the events. So it's, it's quite easy to read a textbook and think, right, 5K, you need to do this, this, and this, and then regurgitate that to, to the individual in front of you. And it, it doesn't always pay off and doesn't always work. You've got to get in get in, in tune with the person you're working with and, and work out what makes them tick. You know, And like Jenny, my wife and Keely, they're, they're both totally different characters. So if, if I give Keely what, uh, if I work with Keely the way I used to work with Jenny, it would not work whatsoever. Mm. And likewise, if I if I work with Jen the way I work with Keely, she'd just be off the rails <laughs> and, and not have done anything either. Um, you know, one needs a lot more control and organisation and and structure and understanding of what we're doing, uh, whereas the other is just, you know, carefree, happy, and, and we've got to make sure she stays in that mental state, you know, that happy, carefree attitude, because when she's in that zone, she performs so well. Amazing.
0: Yeah, I think people do get really caught up with um, almost trying to shoehorn every single workout every single piece of scientific evidence into their whole life and i think there's an element where like we're disconnecting and thinking that we're we're kind of machines um, and exactly. that's what i get the sense do you do you, do you feel that from some of the 100 you know...
1: you've got to have certain amount of flexibility in the program and so i write i write a program for the month ahead and 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 I send it to the athletes, but they all know that like this isn't cast in stone. It's like you know, if, if I'm writing what I'm what I'm seeing now, what I think that athlete needs in three weeks' time, they might need totally different stimuluses um, to get us where we want to be for the end zone. You know, so we're working towards a goal for Keely this year. You know, it's the World Championships in in Oregon in summer, so that's the be all and end all. We want to be in the best shape possible then. So I know what, what I want to do now and next week and the week after if all goes well. But there's often setbacks in, in the way, you know, you can get a niggle, you can get a, an illness Um, for the, for the guys training for 10K, 5K and stuff. You know, they're working all day. Um, the, you know, the non-elite athletes who so are yeah. professionals that, that they could have had a really stressful day at work. Yeah. So then if, if they're coming to training and I'm trying to Fire them through whatever eight times a k yeah. off, off very little recovery. It's not going to go too well. Um, so you have got to kind of shape it up and and be flexible, move things around in the week if you need to, um, and and just accept that you know it, it's okay. It's it's what you do in the whole month that makes a bigger difference to what you do in that particular session. Um, you know, almost get through the month doing everything at eighty to eighty five percent of effort. Rather than, you know, we, we've had athletes in the past that have, that they're absolute world beaters in training and they'll, they'll, they'll give you absolute monster sessions for 10 days, yeah. but then they break and they're gone for three weeks and then they come back and they give you monster sessions for 10 days and then yeah. they break and, and this cycle continues and continues yeah. whereas those that are you know steadily going around ticking the boxes getting the elements done that you need to do yeah. to the best of your ability on that day yeah and that's the important thing you don't need to break world records every single session some days you've got to be down here some days you're going to be up there and you know the fueling you've had on that particular day might be totally different to the last time you did that particular session um the build up to that session might be totally different to the last time you did that session so it's important to compare but not to be kind of like you know religiously um aligned to what happened last time oh well i've run slower yeah but last time the weather was beautiful you know you you just met this amazing guy that you fell in love with and you were, you, yeah. your happiness levels were right up here <laughs> so you could have ran, you know, ran through treacle and still performed well yeah. whereas right now you've just had the most stressful day at work you've ever had you've you, you managed to grab a sausage roll for your lunch because that was all that was available and you've know, not fueled right you're not in that happy place and you, you've done alright on this session it's just accept that that's where it is and where you are
0: Amazing. I think this is kind of a philosophy I've picked up on. So being a physiotherapist, we talk about the biopsychosocial elements of pain, and I think there's some biopsychosocial elements of how people train and how they can develop and how they can respond to physiological um, changes in their, in their training. So what I'm talking about there is, you know, if you want your heart to beat faster, your lungs to expand and all those things and your muscles to contract um, more, you need to be in the right frame of mind, mindset. Um, you need your body and your mind to be in sync, and I think you really have picked up on that. And it's just something I've heard you talk about on a different podcast, and that's what I wanted to bring here because I really believe that this is a an innovative way for us to coach and for us to approach like sustainable movement. It's a big mm-hmm. big thing for me, you know. Even if even if you're non-elite, going up to somebody who's trying to break uh three hours in the marathon, or your Keely Hodgkinson, I think we all need to think about how we approach things and and have that element of understanding and um, it's super super important Um, so let's say you know uh, we do have an athlete who is at their optimum they're at their top they're they're ticking off 80 percent week on week and the target let's I'm just going to give you a case scenario if that's cool Uh, target is maybe like a somebody who's new to, 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 to 5k and they're trying to, to try to get faster at 5k and let's just say that their 5k at the moment is 24 minutes are there any like sessions that you feel are important um you know the spire psychosocial element the their mindset the, the the kind of ecosystem all of that's okay but what let's get down to the nitty-gritty are there sessions that you think oh over 5k this is yeah. what i do for somebody who's quite new to the sport
1: it, it, for me it's always important to get the balance right so you, you need to do, you need to do sessions where you're running for longer than the 24 minutes and you're, you're sustaining that effort and you're getting comfortable in that zone but you've also got to do sessions where you're running shorter and, and much faster. Um, so say if you was to do if you're doing 24 minutes for the 5k, if if you break that down and say you want to be able to be doing the K, you know if you can be doing the K in under four minutes, um, then you're going to comfortably run twenty minutes, aren't you, for the yeah. for the four K? Yeah. Um, in in simple math mathematical terms, so you've got to get comfortable running faster than the pace you want to run at, um, because ultimately as a coach, we stress our athletes uh, in in small. Amounts of stress uh, to to get the, the response you need physiologically to develop them, so we need to make sure that the the stimulus is right. Uh, if the target is twenty four minutes, then then work that out. You, if you're doing some three k reps, well, they need to be at this pace, and it needs to be faster than that. Uh, but the, if you're going faster than, you don't need many reps; you only need four, five, six reps. Um, if you're going slower than, you know, you could run you could run them some 10k pace reps but do lots of them you know and and do it for 30 minutes to 35 minutes of effort but at a slower sustained pace and it's making sure you've got all that mix in because then when it comes together in the middle for me it works quite well
0: nice so you you, you've mentioned before when we've had a conversation going above and below your target pace right yeah nice so yeah anybody out there trying not to not to always be at your target pace i think that's something that people tend to 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 do a lot of where you know whatever the target pace is for that 5k it's like i'm going to stay and always work at that pace but actually um what you're looking for is i guess is is probably working that speed reserve right so you you definitely yeah i had a young kid talk to me a few years ago and he he wanted to improve his time
1: for the part run and I said, well, so what are you doing in training? And he says, well, I, I, I do three 5K runs a week. And I'm like, okay. And what, what's your emphasis on those three 5K runs? He said, I'll just smash it. I'll just see what I can do. So like, you know, ultimately it's like, you, you're not putting any building blocks in place to make that 5K any better. So you, you'll probably do okay for a bit. And you'll, because of familiarity, you'll get a bit better and a bit better and a bit better. But all of a sudden, you'll then start to tailor off and it won't get any better because you're not giving the right stimuluses. So, you know, you have to strip it down and break it down into segments. Do do six times a K but run, you know, run them at close to four minutes so that you that's faster than the pace you're going to run in the race. But yeah. don't take too much recovery, you know keep the recovery nice and low.
0: There you go. So yeah, breaking your breaking up the the, the distance and and going uh, speeds above and speeds below. Now, let's just say we have a, let's, let's say we have a half marathon runner. They have been training for, you know, two years, trying to break 130, 90 minutes in the half. Are there specific sessions that you might kind of implement? Um, I know you always, you, you're coaching quite a lot of shorter distance athletes, but I just want to kind of pick your brain because I feel like you'll have some nuggets people might not have heard of or know of
1: yeah the the, the same the, the same for me the philosophy applies whether you're running 400 meters or or a marathon you know you you um with Keeley, you know she she's a good 800 meter runner a very good 800 meter runner. sorry uh but you know for when she started working with us a 400 time wasn't world class she could run 56 seconds so that that was my big thing I know she's really strong and she'll run a good 15 if she was to race one um and she's dreading the day that we, we say it's time and she doesn't want to do it whatsoever but um you know in order for her to improve I know the strength side's good and where it needs to be so I, I started to work on that 400 and we've got it down to 52.4 now and and you know I can see this summer she'll be 51 and a half which is then getting to world class for the four now and then you're pretty you're going to be pretty indestructible at the eight if 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 you've got those two elements in place um peter uh co uh, who uh, the father of set he used to talk about the five pace training theory so he he used to go even more either side so coaching a 1500 meter runner he'd do 800 pace sessions he'd do 400 pace sessions but he'd also go the other way and he'd do 3k sessions and 5k sessions and wow you know, and so he had the five pace theory that you have to work on all those zones uh to get you know to get the bait the structure and everything in there and, uh, sorry about this no <laughs> um it's, it's, it's my wife making sure i'm at home doing work <laughs> but uh, no it's um it, it's important more, no matter what the distance you're, you're working towards is that you work on those sort of bases just for me uh, and you, you make sure you you know you're working hard get, get your 10k time down as, as best you can because that creates efficiency when you run the half marathon you know if if you if you're working at a pace that's slower than that 10k pace that you're comfortable at then you, you're going to be fine and you'll, you'll keep it going for longer but then you also need to work at the longer paces and run you know do some 25 30k efforts or not efforts but runs so that you you you're you're able to sustain that pace for
0: longer there you go keep working above below and all the distances in between i think that's the main thing don't try and stay at the pace that you're trying to achieve or the you know the the pace you want to run in your race um, in terms of uh, strength work we had a good conversation about this um, how do you feel about Strength work. What's your philosophy around strength work? And um, I think you're a big fan of mechanics. And um, we had a conversation around kind of the way you understand uh, when an athlete is ready. And it was a really, really nice conversation. I think um, it'd be great to hear some thoughts around that.
1: Yeah, strength. I mean, strength work underpins everything we do. Really, um, if you're an elite athlete, you've got the time to do it. If you're you know if you're working in the city or whatever, if you're a school teacher or, or anything like that, then it's a little more difficult to fit it in, but you will see massive rewards if you do. you know just taking one run out a week and doing a strength session would make massive differences to your economy of effort and to your movement and your posture. So po- posture is what creates the efficiency of a run. Uh, but if you're not strong enough to hold the good posture, and you're going to be sinking down and just trudging through and and it's so much harder your work rate is so much greater so um you know you look at mo farah running a marathon or, or Kip Chogi running sub two hour marathons you know he's actually working a lot less hard than the guy running six six hours for the right. marathon because you know he's really dig- digging digging uh digging himself out of a hole isn't he uh, to compete for six hours but Kipchoge, you know, he'd be doing all the, the strength work needed to make sure he keeps that beautiful posture that he has and keep that rhythm, um, and, and it makes it so much easier. So um, as though, as fast as he is, it's a lot easier being Kipchoge
0: than yeah. it is being the six-hour guy. And, so and strength, you, yeah. got, you've got to put strength work in your training program. And so you mentioned economy, you mentioned how, you know, you're nice and tall, and that allows you to... Um, have some mechanics. I think you, we've talked. We've talked about mechanics, and you, you you mentioned that there's a sound that you also. There's a yeah, sound, the sound you I listen.
1: For. I listen to the foot. I, I listen to the noise the foot makes when it hits the floor. Uh, so you can t- with with a you know track athlete, you can tell the ground contact is short, sharp, and and you know it it, it excites you because you think wow we're in a good place here. Uh, whereas some people societies it's it's made it very difficult society because we're in we're in a place now where we sit down a lot in the day uh whether you're driving your car to work you sat at your desk all day long and you know it it creates bad posture uh which doesn't allow you to have good mechanics um so you know when we run we want to keep the hips nice and tall and we want to be able to lift those knees through and strike the floor underneath the hips but if you're sat at a desk all day long and then you come home and you might have a go on the playstation and and then you go off to do your run and all of a sudden you find your psoas muscle at the front the the hip flexors basically they're kind of they've shrunk a little bit they they need to be stretched out and lengthened because that's the position we're going to put them in when we're running Uh, but because we've sat down all day they're you know they're not working as fluently as they could do so it is a lot harder for, for the guys that are working uh, day by day. You know, they've got to do a few extra things before they run. And just simple things like a bit of foam rolling and a bit of stretching before they go out for that run make a huge difference to that to that economy. And uh, a lot of the people listening, they, they might find that, you know, they go out for a run and 10 minutes into that run, they start to feel so much better. And that's because everything's kind of relaxed and got into the state you need. But if you... If you do a bit of prep work before you go, you should be able to feel like that, that straight away.
0: That's really interesting. I'm. I, re- I would. always probably be a little bit more on the um, on the side of just getting people out there. Um, mm. I think foam rolling definitely has a, an influence on our nervous system and it opens us up, as you say, it changes what the, the, the input that the muscle is, is getting. So if we think about uh, when you're sitting and you're stationary, your muscles are really dormant. And then if you add pressure via foam roller and if you stretch your muscles, you, you change the input, of so the stimulus. And we mm. know like through scientific evidence that happens um, and that can change what somebody interprets and how somebody feels. Um, I do agree with you that posture, if you're in a regular posture, you might be a little bit stiffer. Um, you're, you're a wanted man. <laughs> uh, if you're in a regular posture, I think you definitely might be uh, a little bit stiffer. So it goes the same way, right? So if you have your Kenyan athletes who are regularly running and Kipchoge, he's constantly running, constantly training his posture to be nice and tall. So um i i agree with with what you're saying there trevor and i think we definitely need to think about training our posture and i recently met joshua chapter actually the world record holder yeah. at 5 and 10k and he says he just does core stuff so he kind of he doesn't do he does hill running for his strength work for his legs and he says yeah. just core and um he just trains 110 10 miles but he says he, yeah he says he just rests really really well like literally he'll yeah. go for a run and do nothing at all so we're not in that privileged position um I think what I wanted everybody yeah, to get yeah, we got work nine hours exactly cool. <laughs> what I wanted everyone to get from that is that you can improve your mechanics by actually you know working on your mechanics and and developing that stiffness in your torso developing um, the way you strike the ground Talk, talking about you know going at that those paces faster than your target pace um, I think all help with your mechanics do you agree Trevor
1: Definitely, it will add some strength in there, into the relevant areas. So, like, you know, you see a lot of runners and when they, when they do make contact with the ground, there's a big hip drop because the glutes aren't strong enough to maintain that, that kind of stability in the, in the frame. So, like, even just by running that little bit faster and putting themselves in those those areas, um, you, you will gain some strength there, but taking one run out of the week and going to the gym, and doing some specific stuff to get that tension and that control uh, when you're in those extreme positions that you are when you're running would make a huge difference and and uh, you know it would only add to that the good
0: mechanics that you're looking for. There you go. Obviously Trevor and I agree on a lot of things, so that's mm-hmm. why that's why he's probably on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um so what would you say your your as your as a coach, you know, we know Keely's is flying right now but let's let's really focus in and hone in on you what would you say kind of things that you're looking for to progress and develop in the future for um you know your athletic group and and what things would you say you're targeting um for yourself and and what you'd like to develop in your in your athletes um that's a
1: good question i've never really thought that thought about that i've always I've always been reactive to the people in front of me and, and you know, I plan right, what I think this person needs and what that person needs and you're maximising the amount of work you can get them to do. So, like you say, um, Kipchoge doing, not Kip Choggy, um chapter guy doing 110 miles a week, you know, that's not possible for everyone and you've got to make sure that the progression to get to 110 miles, you know, he didn't, he didn't start off doing that. He's probably... He might have started off at 50, 60 miles a week as a teenager and then he's, he's built it up and built it up progressively over the years. Uh, and that's what I find people make the mistake with. They, they read a book about a certain genius athlete that's been before Bikile, and he's done this particular session and they go try and do that session and it's like, yeah, but you're 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And Bikili did that session when he, was, when he was 28 and he was world record older and he's worked for 10 years longer than you have. So like why, why you know don't, don't chastise yourself that you can't get anywhere near that session and should you be doing that session? Yeah, it, is it relevant for you? You know, so you've got to make sure that you know when you've got a big group of, of athletes, you've, you've got to make sure that you're ticking as many boxes as you can within that within the session that you're doing. Um, and and we often have that we'll we'll have on a night of training we could have up to seven different sessions and people doing various reps you know some are doing 15 times 400 some are doing 12 some are doing 10 some are doing three sets of three and two sets of five and it's 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 a mind blast for the coach to deal with but as long as each individual knows what their volume is and where they're at that they can just rip into it and get it done and
0: and i just turn up at the start line and the finish line and hope hope they've done the right amount (laughs) i'd love to hear it is there anything that you enjoy the most in terms of coaching are there like events you enjoy the most coaching or event wise no i mean
1: obviously i've always loved the 400 because i i ran that and and it's a it's a it's such a hard one to get right you know the pacing if you if you go off too quick early on you're going to die a death and likewise if you go off too slow you're going to be so far behind you're not going to have any any success so you know getting that mix spot on is, is a tough challenge and and then obviously the 800 i've had a lot of success with that um and i, I feel that's because I've, I've come at it from that speed background from that 400 background you know physiologically it's very similar in terms of what the requirements are to do well in in those two events so um they lend themselves to each other. So, um, yeah, I do enjoy those. But, I, I you know, I love most of the events. I, I get on well with the throwers. I'm, I'm kind of shaped like a thrower. Nice. So, uh, so yeah, they, they accept me and uh, you, you tend to have a lot of banter with the throwers because yeah. they're, they're, they're uh, good guys and that. But um, no, I love most of the events because everything comes with a technical challenge and, and people have worked damn hard to do it well, you know, so I, I, I admire. The professionalism and the and the performance that, that they put out because of the hard work that's gone into it. Yeah. I'm, I'm like that with all sports as well. So you know, I'd, uh, I'll sit and watch the cricketers or the rugby players when we're on training camp, and and I'm just checking what they're doing and I'm trying to work out why they do it. And sometimes I'll go and chat to the coach and say, oh, "I saw you do this drill. What, can you talk me through what what are you looking for on that?" You know, and and it's a great way of learning and developing yourself in in terms of it might be useful for my athletes further down the line. So uh, you should always, have, as a coach, I feel you should always have your eyes open and, and always try and have a lot of fun because if you create that fun environment around you, the, the, the athletes will keep coming
0: back and, and, and that is what makes them get better. It's the continuity of training. There you go. I think we're going to end on that you've been you've been amazing Trevor really straight uh, like direct straight to the point um, just like most northerners right yeah. <laughs> um, and just really a fun guy to talk to. Um, I'm privileged to have you on the podcast. I think this is a nice short one so if you're doing a little recovery run or even if you're doing you know those sessions that are a little bit further than your 10k um, this is a great one for you and um, I think there's some absolute gems in there um, please do you know give us a review give us five stars you know what to do all the platforms um and trevor thank you so much for joining me i appreciate it thanks Manny. and good luck everyone keep enjoying yourselves and keep
1: working out this has
0: been running lifestyle culture this podcast has been special thank you and see you again for another episode of running lifestyle culture coach manny out